Amen. Our God is good. Amen. I tell you what, when you sing that song, you just begin to kind of kind of reflect on your life and you say, man, you know what? God is good. Amen. His mercies are forever. His kindness is forever. Well, welcome to church tonight. Thank you for being a part of our midweek uh, service. I know that the campus is full of uh, just young people that are being blessed tonight. Spiritual emphasis week that's taking place at uh, Victory Christian Academy and carrying over into our youth service. And I know that they're being blessed. And then, of course, uh, throughout the campus, various classes and groups that are meeting. And, and we're just, uh, just here to exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to glorify Him for all that He's doing in our lives. Amen. That's when we come together corporately. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here uh, tonight, I, I can tell you uh, we're going to launch from uh, the New Testament, the book of Acts chapter 4. We're going to get to it in just a, a, a few moments. Um, but uh, there are things that uh, we absolutely need as we uh, do ministry together. Uh, the title of the message uh, tonight is The Essentials for uh, Obedience. Uh, I, I believe that uh, even as we do work together, ministry together, kingdom work together, uh, there are some things that, uh, that is critical to moving forward, uh, expressing the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout this community. I, I believe that if we come together in small group setting, how many of you know that it's important, it's essential that we have small group leaders and hosts to be able to bring the community, to bring the, the body of believers together and to do life with one another. We would not be able to do what we do on Wednesday night and Sundays if we uh, we're not blessed to have men and women that said that, yes, I'll, I'll participate, I'll facilitate, I'll teach a class. We're blessed. That's, that's essential. I believe that uh, tonight that when we look at the message, there are things, there are three items that I want to look at that's essential for a life of obedience, a life of obedience in God. You know, there, there are moments that we, can, that we can kind of put things on cruise control and just coast through life. Uh, but then there are those moments, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, that are significant moments uh, that we absolutely need to draw close to God and, and remain obedient for Him to be able to navigate uh, through those moments. Significance. Uh, we've all had our encounters with uh, different individuals that have been uh, very significant in our uh, progression as individuals. We're surrounded by significant structures, buildings, things that uh, really serve us to help us to do what we do on a daily basis. There, there are a few um, uh, bridges. I'm uh, kind of, um, uh, I don't know, caught up with just incredible uh, bridges that I want us to look at that really serve uh, not only our country but the world. And I think we have some pictures on the screen. Uh, guys, if we can kind of get to that first picture. Uh, right here in our backyard, you guys recognize this as the... Um, uh, the, the, the Skyway, the Skyway Bridge. How many of you have ever had a chance to kind of make your way over the Skyway Bridge? What a, a significant structure. Uh, I, I remember as a child in the, I believe it was the early 80s, when the old sunshine uh, collapsed. What a, what a devastating day. And, and, of course, this was uh, uh, rebuilt. This is the new one. Uh, voted, I believe, as one of the probably the top five bridges in the world. Just an incredible structure. Uh, the Sunshine Skyway uh, Bridge. The, the next bridge, the guys, if you can put it on the screen, uh, how many of you can just know by the color of the bridge? Uh, the, the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Absolutely, the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, serving uh, the California area and connecting really San Francisco. 
to the northern uh, parts of California. Uh, just the span, 1.7 miles, uh, the color uh, is significant. It catches anyone around the world. You, you can see that bridge and say, man, that's the, the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, uh, the next bridge, guys, uh, the third bridge. Uh, how many of you recognize this bridge? This is uh, one that we know located uh, right there in Brooklyn, uh, connecting New York City, the Brooklyn Bridge. Thousands upon thousands of people using this for transportation, moving goods and services back and forth. Millions of people utilizing this bridge right, right here, just uh, a two-hour flight away from us, the Brooklyn Bridge. And the next uh, bridge, guys... Of course, this is over the pond, as they would uh, say, the, the, the London Tower Bridge, known for its uh, Victorian Gothic uh, design. I, I don't know if anyone is in the house has ever had the privilege of venturing over this bridge. I see a couple of hands. And just a, a magnificent uh, man uh, structure that was built. I, I believe that uh, it's recorded that nearly uh, 40,000 uh, people cross this bridge uh, every day. Uh, just a, a beautiful Beautiful, beautiful structure. Uh, the, next, the next bridge, guys, if you can show this. Um, there's, not a, there's not a lot of uh, significance when you, when you first look at, at the bridge. It really pales in comparison uh, to the other structures, the Skyway, the Golden Gate, the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, I, I don't know that there may not be a 1,000 people that cross that bridge uh, on any given day. I, I don't know that uh, there have been any movies really uh, shot at this location to capture as, as the Golden Gate Bridge would, but uh, for the, the early church, this was a, a very significant place, a very significant structure uh, in what is called the, the Milvian Bridge. Uh, if you know early church history, uh, and if you've read about that, this is the, the, the place where the battle took place between Constantine and Maxentius in the year 312, October 28th. As Constantine is, is making his way, I believe from, from Britain, coming back down through, making his way into Rome, and Maxentius comes out from Rome, and they're, they're ready to, to battle. And, and Christianity as we know it was changed forever at, at the original bridge, the Milvian Bridge, where Constantine, the night before this great battle in the year 312 A.D., was there probably strategizing in what tomorrow would look like and a great revelation came to him. He instructed all of his soldiers the, the next day as to what he experienced through that night, that on the front of their shields they would, would paint what would be recognized in that day as the, the Christian symbol, the, the Christian cross, that they would, they would do battle behind the shield under the, the banner of Christianity. Constantine had really embraced this movement and said that, in his opinion, that the persecution of the Christian church should cease. Some, some historians say that this was nothing more than a, a political move. Some point to it and say that absolutely this was a point of uh, conversion 
for Constantine, for, for the Christian world, everything changed from this moment forward that by the end of the 300s, what was known at that time of the persecution of, of the church, the early church, no longer existed because of the victory by Constantine at the Milvian Bridge, a significant bridge. I believe that we all have those moments in life that we can point to and say that there are seasons that we kind of cruise through life, but then there are moments that we absolutely we dig in and we remember, and there are mile marker moments that take place throughout our lifespan here on earth. For those that uh, possibly are married, uh, you, you will never, uh, never forget that day that you uh, entered into the vows with your spouse. Uh, you'll, you'll never forget, for those that have been blessed with children, you'll never forget that, that first child, that second child, and for our household, that third child. It was, it was a wow moment for our household because Taylor uh, is 10 years older than Chloe, our baby, and it was a wow, wow moment when Kelly said, I'm expecting. And I can tell you that we just wept and cried and said, God, what do you have planned for us? There, there are those moments that you are captured, uh, monumental moments that take place. Uh, for some, it may be saying, man, hey, my, my goal in life, that moment is, is going to be whenever I graduate from high school. Some of you may say, man, that college degree, the master's degree, the doctoral degree, all of, all of those significant moments in life, that dream job for those that may be climbing that ladder that you can point to and say, man, I've finally arrived. There, there's a sense of security. The thing that I've been longing for, that I've been, that I've been after, man, I finally have, I have achieved my goal the real question uh, for us tonight, one that I want us to kind of launch uh, from this evening and to take with us, is that how do we respond during our most significant moments in life as we strive to remain obedient? Whether, whether or not we're at the mountaintop or we're somewhere uh, in the valley or somewhere doing life in between, I, I believe that God... That God is, God is looking for a people that remain obedient. I believe that God is looking at the heart of men and women and saying, how will you, how will you navigate various life moments as I pour blessing upon you? It was for the early church when you have to think about going from persecution to now favor to power to political position that was achieved because of one battle, they, they begin to experience the good life. And many of us were on that journey and just really slugging it out, striving along and saying, man, God, I know that I'm, I'm being blessed in an incredible way right now. Father, ne never, let me, let, never let me move away from just a life of obedience. God, I know that right now, man, I am, I am deep in the trenches. I am finding myself in the valley. God, let me, let me not give up on the things that I can point to that happened in the past. And God, let me continue to embrace what's essential in my life to remain obedient to you. I believe there are three things that I want, to, want us to look at tonight, three steps. I believe that it's important, three essential things for the life of obedience 
is to first to listen to the word of God, trust in the Lord, and then stand with courage. Our glimpse, our passage of, of scripture gives us a glimpse into the significant moment in the life of Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. At this time, Peter and John were launching into their ministry. And so really, I'm, I'm covering chapter 4, but uh, you need to begin at some point, uh, maybe this evening or uh, before we come back together, look at chapter 3 and, and read, read for yourself the whole story. But what's happening is Peter and John are launching their ministry. They're preaching the gospel message. You guys are aware of, of the, the miracle that took place whenever the, the beggar was outside of the gate beautiful, known among the community for, for nearly 40 years from, from birth. This individual was known within Jerusalem uh, to be a crippled, but yet, but yet Peter and John said, man, I, I, silver, I have nothing, but what I do have is, is Jesus Christ. Now get up and walk in the name of, of Jesus Christ. And because of that moment, that significant moment where they stopped, the, the Bible records that nearly 5,000 men, or what we can, we can say, I believe, uh, properly, is that, that 5,000 households, for whatever the head of the house adopted, the rest of the house fell in order. So that represented, I believe is what historians may say, that nearly 15,000, possibly 20,000 people, nearly 10% of of the community of Jerusalem, if Jerusalem is around 200,000 strong, 20,000 people in one moment fall in line and accept the message of Jesus Christ. Peter and John witnessed courage among the people. But how many of you know that whenever there, there's always the other side that when things seem to be going well, there's always that individual or group of people that just want to rain on your parade. And Peter and John are experiencing this brought before the highest court of the day, the Sanhedrin. And that's where we pick up in our passage of Scripture. The miracle has taken place. The people are beginning to celebrate. The people are beginning to follow and recognize who Jesus was, the one that they rejected. And now those that are in authority have come together, have brought Peter and John into their presence. And they say, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. And the, the, the part of that passage of Scripture where I'm pulling from tonight, to know that Peter and John, here they are standing uh, before the high council and their response, their question back to the Sanhedrin and the significance of this passage is, do you think God wants us to obey you 
rather than him. How were these men able to navigate through one of their most critical times of ministry? I, I, I believe the answer is that they made a commitment to, to never compromise in remaining obedient. I, I believe that everyone that is in this room tonight, there have been those moments where we're, we're, we're navigating through life and we have that challenge and how many of you know that we have to press in and say, God, I've, I've made a commitment to serve you. And regardless of the circumstance or the battle or the challenge that I may be facing in my life, I choose to remain obedient. I choose to remain obedient regardless of the season. We are to obey God. What does obedience mean? It simply means to do what God says, to do it when he asks us to do it. And how many of you know that God will give us the plan when we remain obedient in him? I believe the first, the first essential of the obedience life is to uh, listen to the word of God, the very word of God, the pages that we call the Holy, Holy Bible. We're surrounded every day with guidelines, rules, regulations, whether you're in an office, there's an employee manual. Uh, if you're working in some type of financial institution, you're governed and you follow the best practices listed by the SEC. There's regulations that you must adhere to. Regardless of, of the office that you're in, there's some type of boundary, there's some type of process that we all have to follow. Uh, our, our, third, our second child is home right, right now, uh, home from, uh, from being on leave, uh, uh, being on deployment to Cuba. Grant's with us uh, and came in a little early on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, I believe it was Saturday night, we all... Uh, came together and um, played a game of Phase 10. Any, anyone else familiar with the game Phase 10 in, in the house? Um, uh, so we all sat down. There were probably seven or eight of us uh, at the table, and uh, the cards were being dealt. And I don't know if you're like our, our, our household. We, we have a pretty, a pretty good handle or grasp uh, on the games that we play. Um, I don't know that we, we have all the rules down uh, correctly, but we've been known to kind of make up some rules as we kind of go along. Is anyone else can identify with that in the house? I see some smiles and, and reactions. You're kind of playing, and, and uh, there was one moment in the game uh, that uh, one of the players at the table tried to play a, a particular hand, and really the majority at the table uh, was, hey, go ahead, it looks like right to me, but then there was a, another person, I'm not disclosing any individuals, uh, their names at all, but uh, there was another person that was at the table that, that knew, was really kind of on top of the rules of the game, knew what was required, and, and called the other person out and said, well, I, I don't believe you can really play your hand that way. Uh, matter of fact, hand me hand me the rule book and begin to uh, read through it. And uh, lo and behold, uh, that person was right. That person was right. We're surrounded by regulation rules and how we play games, how we do life, how we come together in the workplace. But the essentials for obedience, what I can tell you, that when we say the, that we listen to the word of God, that this word right here that I'm holding in my hands never changes. The rules, are, the guidelines that we have are the same today, yesterday, 
thousands of years ago that we can, we can look to this word right here. And I love what Psalm 119.105 says. It says that your word is a lamp unto my feet. To know that one of the essentials for living an obedient life to say that, man, God, your word is clear. Your, your word is infallible. That your word is without error. I, I believe that if we're going to have an alertness toward God, we will need to be disciplined to spend time with the Father. I, I love what Charles Stanley says about the word of God. He, he states that through Scripture, the Holy Spirit speaks to the, the deepest parts of our soul, healing our wounds Convicting us of sin, encouraging us, and revealing truth that we could not know otherwise. It's found right here in God's Word. For every stage of our life, we can turn to the Word of God and, and find direction, to find comfort, to find obedience, to find the way that we should respond, uh, even to those, those incidents that take place in everyday life. The key is that we have to remove the distractions and say, God, there will be time in any day, every day that I turn to your word. Father, what are you, what are you trying to say to me uh, from your book, from your words that have been recorded? Uh, about a year and a half or so ago, I had an opportunity to spend, um, uh, spend a, a, really, a rather long weekend uh, more than a weekend at the Ignatius House uh, just outside of Atlanta in Marietta, a beautiful, beautiful campus um, owned and operated by the Jesuits. And uh, we were there for just a, uh, just a, a time of learning, a part of a cohort. Uh, we had come together, and um, it, it was the first time that I've ever been uh, to any type of um, a retreat ground where there were silent retreats that were taking place. I don't know if you've had that uh, privilege or not, but um, but I, I quickly quickly learned. I, I'm thinking to myself, silent retreat. Well, you can be silent in the chapel. You can be uh, silent in your room. You can be silent outside. But man, we're we're in the cafeteria, and uh, this was the first time that uh, that Tim Blackburn had ever experienced uh, uh, being reprimanded from one of the dear sisters of the Ignatius House. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget that moment, but it was a silent retreat uh, for everyone, regardless of the group that you are in. And it just, I, I mean, I'm 30 minutes into being uh, at this retreat center, and, and, and the sister's already coming over to my table. And, uh, and I'm thinking, what, what a long, long weekend it's going to be. I can tell you by the, the end of our time there, it, it turned out to be probably one of the best weekends I ever experienced. To where, to where I was really held captive on this campus and really pushed into an area that I had not experienced often as a follower of Christ. And having a moment to be able to meditate on the Word of God and having a moment of solitude. We are called daily to open our hearts to the living Word of God. And as we draw close 
to God. Those are the moments as we, we navigate through life experiences and we embrace the essentials for obedient living that we're able to recognize the voice of our Father, that we're able to hear with clarity what he has for us on this day. Many of you would be able to identify uh, as a parent speaking to your child that if a a child were to hear the words, "I, I spoke to your teacher, I know that at least in our household, if that conversation ever happened, that my parents immediately had my attention, every attention that they spoke to my teacher today. You can probably uh, identify with this uh, if you're a teacher and you speak to your students on any given day and you have their full attention. The, the moment that you say on tomorrow's exam or tomorrow's pop quiz, at that moment you have the attention of uh, almost every student in the room. When a pastor, a pastor speaks to his congregation and the members within the church and he says that I've been praying for you, you begin to say, what is it that he knows about my life? I had no idea that the pastor even knew what I was going through. Uh, we hear it often. I had no idea. Pastor spoke on Sunday, and how did he know that I was experiencing this? It's one of those moments that we can all identify, and we absolutely are held captive by their voice and the words that they speak. Uh, Grant shared with me uh, just yesterday, we had the, the joy of I don't know if joy is the right word when you're shopping for a card, but uh, we were able to spend time with one another yesterday in shopping, uh, shopping for a card. And uh, he just, uh, just came home um, and has had three deployments now. And of the three, two of the p- deployments were to Cuba. And so he just finished his uh, uh, final deployment uh, for, for this season. And... Um, and he was in Cuba, and they had a special guest uh, visitor just as they're preparing probably a week or so later before his departure in uh, General, uh, General Mattis, uh, Secretary, of, Secretary of Defense. And, and now that's, that's a big deal if you know who uh, General Mattis is for a young Marine. And, and I had that opportunity to speak with Grant. I said, Grant, what was, what was that moment like? He said, Dad, it was just... And incredible, it was like Christmas Day for the Marines to know that we have one of ours that is now the Secretary of Defense, General Mattis. Dad, he was, he's 10, 10 feet away from me. He said, we all, we all, all huddled up, horseshoe style. He came over and we had just, we had just our moment, our moment with our general, our moment with our Marine. Our moment with the Secretary of Defense, we're all huddled up. And he said, man, there, there, there was talking, man, commotion that was going on. There was excitement in the air. He said, and then, and then General Mattis began to speak. He said, at the moment that he spoke, he said, there was a hush that fell across the group. He said, it was that moment to where you could have heard a pin drop. For the general was now addressing the troops. There are moments throughout every day when we take the time and we're intentional about meditating on the word of God, 
that our Heavenly Father is speaking to us and saying, I have a word for you today. If you'll just carve out some time in my day and, and come close and, and huddle up around me in that special moment, open up the word. I have something for you today. I know that you've been praying for wisdom. I've, I've got a passage of scripture that if you'll just open up your word, man, you turn to James. I've got something there. I've got a piece of encouragement for you, but you, you have to open up the word today. I, I know that, that you've been praying and asking God to bring, to bring healing to your marriage. I've got, I've got passages in, in how a wife should love, love her husband and how a, a husband should love and respect his wife. But if you'll, if you'll just come close to me and open up the word, I, I have a, a, a special passage uh, for you. God's word is alive. It is on fire. And it's a road map. It's a guide for us to do obedient living. It's there for us to every twist and turn in life. It's the, the word of God. A word that changes our life forever. The second essential that I'd like for us to look at when we talk about obedient living is trusting in God. You guys know this passage of scripture in Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. How many of you know that if we trust in the Lord, if we, if we just capture the first the first, the first segment of this passage of Scripture, how many of you know that we could save ourselves a lot of heartache? And we just say, man, God, I'm just going to trust in you. How many of you believe that tonight? That, man, if we just trust in the Lord, life is better. When we trust in God, we're taking a position of saying, man, I am, I am releasing everything to you, Father. I'm releasing everything to you. This allows us to be spirit-led. It allows us to, to be guided and, and to be able to navigate by his spirit, to know that we can stand with great, great courage. I love that verse 8 in, in Acts chapter 4, when Peter is brought in, it says that, that then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them. That same spirit is with us tonight. That same spirit is in every follower of Christ. That same spirit allows you to stand in the most, the most difficult day for you. You can, you can take that passage of scripture and, and remove the name of Peter and put your name and say that, that then Jason filled with the Holy Spirit was able to respond in a way that he had no idea that he could respond. That, that then Jan filled with the Holy Spirit was able to conduct herself in a manner that she not, knew that it was not capable. But then Ruth, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, was able to navigate through life and, and to live with great obedience. That when we trust God with all of our heart and lean on Him, He will, he will trust us. We, we, we will begin to function in a capacity that can only come from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Peter and John were led by the Holy Spirit in one of their most significant moments in life. When we trust God, 
we're releasing control, but we learn to function and, and operate in his timing. Lean not on your own understanding. Saying, God, let me be obedient to you. Let me trust in you, God. Let me, let me, let me lose control. And Father, let me begin to do my life in your, your timing. Uh, I have, I have um, over the years, and just learned from my father, uh, just have a great love for a, 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 a perfectly grilled um, ribeye steak. I don't know if anyone else in the room enjoys a, a, a grilled uh, ribeye steak, but we, we enjoy grilled ribeye steaks. And um, when, when Taylor and Brock were first uh, married, uh, we had Brock's family uh, up from Fort Myers to enjoy a nice meal with us. And Kelly and I said, man, we want to we wanna give them the very best. We want it to be a great night, a, a night that they'll never, 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 never forget, man. Just one of those moments. And so I made my way uh, to Sam's, Sam's Club, and bought uh, just the, the whole uh, rib, rib loin, the rib roast, and, and cut, it, cut it into steaks. Just a very generous, probably uh, somewhere around uh, an inch and a quarter, maybe an inch and a half thick steak. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, seasoned the steaks just perfectly and, um, and had all the steaks trying to, uh, to grill them. And I know how I like my steak. I, I like my steak medium, medium rare, no more than medium. And so um, I'm doing what any good host would do. And, and uh, the steaks are, are just, uh, man, they're just sizzling. And they're, they're starting to, if, you, if you're a griller, you know when it starts to kind of curl up that cap part and everything and, and the tail down there begins to crisp up and it's getting close to being finished. And so uh, I just went back inside and I was being that good host. And I said, well, is everyone okay uh, just uh, kind of with medium, medium rare steaks as anyone, and we're having the conversation back and forth. And and uh, man, they were just that close. Matter of fact, when I was out at the grill uh, before I went back in, I was this close to to taking the steaks off the grill. Made my way back into the house, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get just another minute or two uh, on the steaks. And uh, I turned around, and a grease fire had ignited. As I walked in, and the medium, uh, medium rare, medium steaks were quickly char, charred to no end. I, I could not get the grease fire out, and here I am, ready to offer up the the best of the best that the Blackburns can provide. It just ruined fourteen beautiful ribeye steaks. And I knew that I should have taken them off the grill. I, I knew that it was, it was time for them to come up, but I just went back in and trying to sneak a little, little more time. How, how many of you know, how many of you know that, man, when we, when we allow God to have complete control of our life, that his timing is perfect every time? Every time. That when we say, man, I, I am going to trust in God and I am going to release control to him, that his timing is perfect. Here's what I can tell you, that a no today does not necessarily mean that it's still a no six months from now. 
How many of you know that a, a no today in God's timing when he says, if, if you'll allow me to just kind of grow you and mature you just a, a little bit more, allow just a, a little more seasoning that in my timing, in my perfect timing, in my perfect will, if you're trusting in me, if you're, if you're ready to release control, and listen, I've got a yes for you at some point in the future, but just hold on and trust in me, lean on me, and I will guide you and I will direct you. And that's what we can take away from this passage and say, man, there, there are moments that we have to be led by the Spirit and allow him to speak to us. And when that moment comes, we can stand and know that God is working and moving through us to be able to do a great work for him. And the final point is to stand with courage. I love Joshua 1, Joshua 1 verse 9. He says, I have, not, have I not commanded you? Joshua, as they, as, they, as they prepare to take the land that has been promised, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you, what? Wherever you go. That's the God that we serve. That's the, the God that we do life with that says that, hey, I'm walking with you. I'll never, ever leave you. When you make a decision to never compromise or move away from living a life of obedience, Peter and John stood with, with great courage you and I have that same opportunity, that same spirit that dwells with us to be able to stand. And, and I love with Peter and John standing before the Sanhedrin proclaimed with great courage and confidence. He says in verse 19, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. How many of you know that that God, our God, desires the same for us to say, man, there are things, if you will live in obedience, there are things that you have not seen that I have prepared for you. There are things that you have not even heard about, but, I'm, but yet I'm waiting to release to you, to be able to, to pass on to you. You can stand with courage. It's important for us to say, man, God, I desire to live with great obedience. But in order to do that, we have to live with the essentials. If you'll stand with me tonight, and that's our prayer as the team comes back, as we prepare to close. And we say, God, man, I desire to live an obedient life. I desire, God, I, I know that, man, we're 30, 30 days, almost 30 days into the new year. And I, I made a New Year's resolution that I'd, I'd get into your word. How many of you know that it's easy within 23, 24 days? We had great intentions. How quickly do we slip away? Man, I, I missed it. If we miss it one day, how many know that, man, when day two comes, 
And we get caught up in the busyness. We say, well, then it's three days. Before you know it's nearing a week. And God says, man, I had a, I had a word for you. Back on Tuesday that would have probably helped you be able to navigate on Thursday. But God's mercies are new and fresh every day. Today we can come back and say, man, God, I know what I said back on January 1. And I, I'm, I'm going I'm to recommit to it once again to spend time with you. I know that there are things that I need some direction early on in 2018 and I believe that it's found right here in the Word of God. And God, I pray, Lord, that that discipline would enter into my life. Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I've already started the new year off and I've drifted away from that. Begin to calculate and begin to look and see, man, how can I, how can I kind of manipulate that situation because I need this outcome right here to happen. And I know that within my own gray matter right here, I can figure that way out. God, I'm, I'm kind of coasting along and I'm okay. I, I've got this one. Now, a life of obedience says trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Every day that when we're in love with the Master, when we're in love with the Father, there's not a day that goes by that we can't say, man, God, I want, I want to be closer to you. I want to trust in you. God said that when that day comes that I need to stand with great courage and great confidence. God, I know that I've prepared myself. Man, when I stand before that council, I didn't start just at that moment. All the preparation was already going into place well before that day ever arrived. As a matter of fact, the one that we did life with told us that there would be one that would be left behind that would be able to guide me and direct me. So Peter and John standing there. Who should I obey? Should I obey you or God? So Father, with our, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and our hands lifted in the congregation tonight together corporately, Father, we're, we're dedicating ourselves once again, Lord, to embracing the, the essentials of, uh, of an obedient life. God, with our hands lifted towards you in a, in, in a position of surrender, I pray, God, that on this day, Lord, that we will recommit to embracing to a daily, daily practice of reading your word. God, we commit to, once again, trusting in you in, in every season. Insignificant and significant moments, God, we're going to trust in you. And I pray, God, that when that moment comes that we need to stand with great courage, Lord, that we know where, where our strength comes and it's from you. I pray, God, that you will give us, Lord, Lord the strength to be able to do life in the manner that you've called us to do it. We ask this in Jesus' name. 
I'm going to tell you that Pastor Dave's going to lead us in a song. The altars are open tonight. And if you'd like to come forward for just, just two minutes, and then we're going to have the benediction and come forward and pray with our altar team and say, man, I need some encouragement tonight. Man, I need someone to agree with me. Here's what's on my table. Here's what's on my plate. I need a brother and sister in Christ to come in agreement with me. Go ahead and move now. And we'll come back in just a moment for the benediction. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Bring your healing and your warm embrace. Set our hearts and set our spirits free. Holy Spirit, come fill. This place, oh breath of God, the breath of God, we need a touch from you. Shine down on us with your light of truth. Show your power, make your presence known. Holy Spirit, come fill. So, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for allowing us to come together once again. I pray now, God, that as we depart from this campus, uh, Lord, that we will, we will live with great obedience. I pray, Father, for this coming weekend, as men and women will make their way back onto this campus, I pray, God, that we'll be ready to receive the word that you have for us. Lord, as we're challenged to continue to, to turn up the heat, Lord, as we pursue you, pursue, pursue kingdom work, be with us now as we depart. Give us great favor and protection. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thank you for being here tonight on a Wednesday night. God bless.